0: Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, in which I today have Eike Cahal, who is the CEO at Social 27, based out of Seattle and currently calling in from Hawaii, lucky you, um, where it's... The middle of the night at the moment so we're gonna keep it uh, nice and short so you can go back to bed to spend the rest
1: of the day on the beach uh, but i can you introduce yourself briefly certainly Elias. my name is ike kehal as you mentioned i am the ceo and co-founder of social27 i uh, been doing this for a while uh, started my career at microsoft uh, doing worldwide events and worldwide marketing uh, traveled the world uh, doing all sorts of events it was a very fun time of my life uh, certainly realized that there, there was a lot better ways that we could do events um, and certainly accelerate that marketing funnel. And uh, that's when I left Microsoft to start Social 27. Um, and it's been a few years now doing this.
0: Yeah. So you had to wait a few years, but then Corona hit in or COVID hit in, which came as a, as a blessing to you, probably in your uh, your business.
1: Uh-huh. But I would say that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it, they say overnight success takes about 10 years. So that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So that's that's yeah. that's great. You know, I've spoken to, to more people that, you know, Corona came as a blessing to and, and, a, and a lot of others that, you know, had were hit dramatically by it, of course. But um, today we're going to talk uh, virtual and hybrid events. Um, you have all the experiences, Social 27, but also at Microsoft where you used to work b- before. Um, And specifically for B2B, those hybrid events are very important. And let me first of all start by by asking you a question um, and based on some experience I have with events, because what I see a lot happening around myself here is that B2B marketers tend to bring their offline events or in-person events to uh, hybrid or online by just copying them.
1: Is that the way to go? Mm -hmm. No, certainly not, Elias. So the point is, is I think it's very similar to when e-commerce kind of started online, right? So what people would do is they would take their um, catalog of goods that they are selling and just paste those pictures on a web page with a price and then say, here's my phone number, call us and we will send it to you, right? That's how e-commerce kind of started back in the day. So that's the same exact thing that is happening with events right now, where people are taking their exact format, even the number of sessions, the number of days, um, the, the, the timing of the sessions and the number of tracks in the event, and they're completely copy pasting it online. So the reason why events are done in a certain way in person is because of the limitations that we have around the venue. Um, you know, we can not have it forever. We can only have it for a certain few days, you know, and so forth. And so that format works well for that in-person event. But as soon as you're bringing into a hybrid or a virtual format, you have to not start thinking the, of the medium. Uh, the medium is online and, you know, it, it's a completely different experience. So you have to adjust to that. You have to be able to uh, see what are the best practices online. I I think the best way to think about this is TED, TED, TED Talks. I think they are the best Um and most successful online delivery of amazing content, I think there is something called the TED Commandments. If you Google it, you know you'll find it. I don't think it's from the TED, uh, you know, organization. It's just somebody came up with it, I guess. But the point is that it is a different format. You know, it has to be shorter sessions. It has to be focused on really kind of sparking people's minds. And then, yes, if they want to go to a deep dive, there could be the option of having a longer, um, you know, session or video or whatever attached, you know, to that main session that was delivered. So it's a a different medium. And we have to be able to adjust to that. We are living in the world of TikTok and Instagram, uh, you know, where people are watching these 30-second, 40-second, you know, three-minute videos. And how can we copy-paste a one-hour session format online so it doesn't makes sense yeah yeah absolutely so the the other thing
0: that i always what what keeps amazing me is that people keep on organizing those webinars online sessions etc where they ask people to join them live yeah where Mm. i do see that a lot of content doesn't have to be live
1: Mm. so
0: you know they're 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 trying to to move people to a specific time on their webinar Mm. and the content they share isn't You know timely Mm -hmm. or isn't necessary to spend or to be on during that specific time do you have some some Mm -hmm. tips for marketers that do hybrid events so what what are best practices
1: i think when it comes to delivery of content especially hybrid right when um, as you mentioned hybrid Mm -hmm. uh the strategy that we have been talking to our customers about when it comes to hybrid is it's a lot to do with that pre-event phase so whenever, whenever you, so imagine you're going to this most amazing conference, you've been looking forward to going to it, right? Now, what what are the parts of an in-person event that we all love and what are the parts that we don't? Um, the parts that we really love are those side meetings, is that lunch, you know, with your customer, solidifying that relationship with them and or it's that you know, that business meeting that you've already talked to each other about and now you're just, you know, it's not a demo. It's more of a, let's, you know, talk about the deal. Like Mm -hmm. those side meetings, those, you know, uh, meetings that move the needle are the the moments that we all love. I don't think we all love sitting on an uncomfortable chair from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. looking at PowerPoint. Like that isn't the wonderful part of being at an in-person event. So the goal is in the pre-event phase, even up uh, two weeks leading up to the main event uh, is to deliver a lot of those hundred-level, maybe even two hundred-level sessions online itself. Firstly, it is cheaper because you don't have to rent out that many more rooms now. Secondly, believe me, nobody enjoys those you know PowerPoint by death situations you know in in person. And thirdly, you actually spark the minds of your audience, and you know they have all these ideas in their mind even before they come to the event. So now you've got a bunch of people attending those 100 and 200 level sessions online. You have, you know, them excited about what is coming. And then most importantly, you also have them networking with each other, you know, because the biggest question everybody asks at an event is, uh, hi, so what do you guys do? You know, that question should be asked pre-event. That is not the question to ask during the event. So when you go to the event, you already have sparked your mind, you know, with this content you've already got maybe a bunch of demos done with those virtual expo hall you've met a bunch of people online done a few calls with them zoom calls microsoft teams calls whatever it be so now when you're going there you know what you know exactly who you want to talk to it's relevant conversations and then you're rolling up your sleeves and getting deep into that content versus an intro of that of that uh, you know particular topic So I think that is the best use of that in-person time. So use that pre-event time period for delivering the 100-level content, for getting people to contact each other, talk to each other, check out the virtual expo hall, and then in-person will be so much more relevant and amazing ROI for everybody who comes in there. And then Mm -hmm. certainly post-event is all about the connections you missed or the content you missed out on, and, and then most importantly, spreading that word to other people who you think will benefit from that. So I think having this pre-event, during-event, and post-event, you know, kind of a strategy, I think would work really well for, um, you know, a lot of people out there. It certainly is something which a lot of our customers are absolutely excited about. Um, You know, um, later this year, we have a few hybrid events that our customers are planning. Um, Certainly, next calendar year, 2022, is going to be the year of the hybrid event, certainly. Cool. Cool that's some great advice there right because you know that's that's
0: what b2b marketers are struggling with i think because they 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 don't even think about the pre-event phase they're just mm-hmm. you know working towards a great event on a specific day whereas actually what you're saying is it's all about the pre-event and the post-event uh, mm-hmm. so and and making the right content during the event cool cool great yes. you you also you also mentioned Um, you mentioned it's uh, a little fast there. Um, The virtual booth or the virtual sponsor booth. um, How do you see that working in an online environment? Because yes, of course, when you have breakout sessions and during those breakout sessions, we all have been to those conferences, right? So you have those PowerPoints that you listen to and then you have a coffee break. And during the coffee break, you visit some booth and you talk to people. Um, I've had some online experiences where they try to, yeah, copy that, and and we, you would move on your screen from booth to booth. I, it didn't seem very inviting to me. How do mm-hmm. you have you ever have you seen successful applications there or
1: successful uses of the, of those, let's say, booth visits? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I compare the expo hall in person or virtual. The way it is mostly done to a used car sales lot, mm-hmm. right? As soon as you go in there, like everybody springs on you and they want to sell you something, you know. And that I think is an unpleasant experience. Even when you're walking around in a expo hall in person, like you're hiding your like, you know, if somebody, you know, just looks in your eye, like gonna grab you, right? So the point is, <laughs> or otherwise you got a bunch of people out there just looking for free t-shirts. So the thing is, you know, it's just like not a good use of anybody's time. I compare that whole situation to. um it's not like buyers don't want to buy you know they do but it's the whole, whole, the whole experience of b2b buying is like kissing hundred frogs to find a prince or a princess right i mean that's how it is and nobody wants to kiss frogs. i don't know many people want to do that. so the point is it's about relevance the people do want to go and understand solutions once they once you watch the experts talk about something you you know your mind gets sparked you go and discuss that with your peers and, you know, share best practices with them. And then you're like, wow, this is amazing stuff. I think I really want to explore this further. The third step, immediate step is to go and explore the solutions and services that are available for you to take action on what you just learned. So it's not like people don't want the boots. It's not like people don't want that knowledge. They just want the relevant knowledge. Right? So I think the goal out here is really understand what the attendee wants, and what their intent is, right? So, I mean, we're talking about marketing here. I mean, everything is about attendee intent. So as soon as you're able to understand the intent of the attendee, you can give them the most relevant recommendations for who and which booth they should go to. And now then you've got a match, you know, where both the parties feel it's a good use of their time, you know, and then they can find their prince princess or whatever else they're looking for. Right. So that I think is the right way to do it. Yeah.
0: That's some great advice there because, you know, that's, that's, you know, the experience I had were not like that. They were like, go ahead and they would set you free in some kind of online Mm -hmm. environment where you would have to visit and, you know, you you don't see the people, you don't, it's not like, like the in-person event. Um but the way you're describing it is is like really focused on your needs that would really satisfy me when i had like a, an event like that or visit an event like that um a final question because it's 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 some great info that you already shared here and i think it's very useful to the b two b marketer um, the b two b marketer uses events in different stages in their um buying journey so you can look at bottom of funnel or Top of funnel events and a lot of online events are very effective when you're talking top of funnel. So first contacts, uh awareness phase, etc. Do you have some tips for our listeners on bottom-of-funnel events? So when the when they're already in the action phase or comparing solutions, you know, you, you know that bottom-of-funnel phase where the wine tasting comes in, the dining comes in, etc. Mm. Is do you have some maybe hybrid or even online? event tips for the listeners?
1: Certainly. So I, I would, you know, uh, I've got a bit of a different take on this whole thing. The reason why the, f- the events are mostly top of the funnel is because the way events have been done for centuries is that we um, register people to the event, they come to the door, we give them a badge, they walk into the event, and that's like a black hole. Then, right? We have no idea what thousands of people or hundreds of people did at our event. No idea at all. Only thing we know is those eval, you know, surveys that Mm -hmm. are given out like, hey, how did you think about my event? Believe me, I've been to many events. I've done a bunch of events. Not more than 5% of the people ever do those surveys. And the ones that do them are the ones who are kind of like angry. So the point is, you know, now so many people came to an event and all we got was an email address. And in most cases, that email address, we already had it. So the point is now, that's why it is at top of the funnel, because we are not using events at all for the value they can create. They are the biggest treasure of information, right? Of signals, of buying signals, intent signals. So now the point for us is, especially in a hybrid format, what you can do in a hybrid format, especially if you you have a pre-event stage, during event stage and post-event stage, what you're doing is that you're collecting the intent signals of that attendee. Um, You know, so as if when they walk into the event, you know, they have like an assistant with them who's noting down everything that they want and they do. Right. So imagine that situation. So which sessions did they go to? What questions did they ask? What did they really like? Because there's reactions, right? You can do a, a thumbs up or whatever. So what parts of the session did they like? After that, which roundtables did they go to? What people did they connect with? What booths did they go to? What things did they download? So as if there's an assistant of, you know, with each attendee noting down all those things and then saying, you know what, based upon all the things you like, based upon your intent, here is recommendations for the people you should meet. Here's recommendations for the booths you should go to. Here's recommendations for the sessions you should attend, right? So that experience by itself, you know, then kind of creates that the event isn't top of funnel anymore because now, you really understand the intent of this individual. And when you combine the intent of one individual with other individuals from that company, you understand the intent of the account. Right. So now suddenly, this event, which was only supposed to give you top of the funnel email address, becomes like it's already taken you midway into the funnel where you're doing a demo. You really know what this customer wants and you're crafting the right solution and the right message for that customer. So I think that is the first thing you have to think about. Then on the other side, once uh, you know a person is in there, and now they're, as you said earlier, you know, like, hey, you know, here's the very, very tailor-made, customized, personalized, you know, uh, uh, experience for you. At that stage, um, I would even recommend, you know, um, kind of like speed dating. You know, like people do speed dating in in the normal world, uh, like kind of like speed matchmaking of buyers and sellers. Because now. In an online environment, we have so much information on the um, attendee buyer and the attendee seller. So we can match them together in such a way that, believe me, if we do that speed dating online and you have like, okay, you are really looking for HIPAA compliant. HIPAA is, you know, a U.S. compliance for okay. healthcare. You're looking for HIPAA compliant solutions. And now because it's working from home, they should have to have a working from home component. So that is the intent, just as an example, right? Now... Because of that, now I have three award winning solutions in my partner area who exactly do that. So let me connect you guys in in a speed dating format. You guys get one minute each to talk to each other. If it's good, then you can have a full on conversation. Right. So those are the like even the smallest ways of doing that stuff. And yes, you can do that in an environment where you can actually do a real wine tasting, you can send your top customers, you know, um, I'm sure there's a bunch of wine companies who are more interested in sponsoring that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, everybody opens about bottle of wine, there's a sommelier who talks about that wine. And then you have this uh, so called speed dating thing going on, right. So it's this again, get creative, but most importantly, it has to be relevant to both the parties. Yeah. Great. Great.
0: Some great advice there. And I love it. um, It was some great tips. Thank you very much for sharing this uh, on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Um, I will share a link to your LinkedIn profile um, and to your website, of course, so people can reach you should they want to reach you. Um, And, you know, again, thank you very much for being on the show.
1: No, thank you so much. My pleasure, Elias. And uh, such a pleasure talking to you again. um, Looking forward to continuing the dialogue yeah thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the marketing technology podcast if you enjoyed
0: this podcast please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes also if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl thank you for listening